Ladies and gentlemen, the Ukrainian chorus Dumka of New York. the cold open from Saturday Night Live this Live past Saturday New York, night. It's Saturday night. I said to you, Donna, that I thought maybe we should open this episode with the choir. And you, you agreed. But and, you know, I said to you because this podcast, for us, if nobody else, is a historical vault, a verbal archive of things that have happened since January 2020 when we launched this podcast. And three months after we launched it, the pandemic hit, and that's just one of many, many things on the timeline, events on the timeline, historical events on the timeline, memorable events on the timeline, that in 50 years, 60 years, 10 years, whenever you can go back, and our kids can listen to it, our grandkids can listen to it, and be in the moment of what was going on. And many days when we went into the studio, now we're in our home studio, but many days we went into the studio, the world was very uncertain. And our world was very uncertain many of those days. So I think, yeah, I do. I think it's been an interesting two years. I think that there are some episodes that are very funny and there are some episodes that are very crazy and there are some episodes that are very somber. And I think if you, if I had to describe my last two years, that would probably be the way I would describe it. Somber, crazy, and at times funny. Um, But I think everybody's kind of been in the same boat with this. And hopefully throughout those two years, we've made you laugh more than... It's been somber because um, I think there's a lot that's gone on, a lot. George Floyd was murdered. BLM, the riots, a second, third wave of COVID-19. I started a new job. You started six jobs. The January 6th insurrection. We uh, landed a rover on Mars. Adele dropped a fifth album. Is that is that like a big one? <laughs> a memorable event, sure. It's Adele? A, to me, it is, yeah. Okay. Uh, Olivia, our 18-year-old college, uh, 18-year-old high school senior. Doing college tours. My mother passed October 17th of 2021. So there's history from all of those events, episodes and conversations about those events and many, many more in the archives of this podcast. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 
26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we talk about things that you are already talking about with your family and your friends, conversations about current events and pop culture, music and concerts, plus endearing and revealing stories about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. And my name is Donna. I'm Caddy's wife. I have been, um, I've been binge watching a show that I know a lot of people are talking about. Um, I started it probably four days ago and the good news is only one episode comes out a week. So it's not like, I don't know. It's not like Netflix where they drop the whole season in and you can just go crazy with it. And it's probably a good thing because it's incredibly overwhelming. I'm on season one. There's actually season two out now. Um, and it's euphoria, which is on HBO. And I know a lot of people have heard about it and maybe people are like, why do I keep hearing about that? What's going on? But it's because they did, um, come out with the second season. And if you don't know anything about it, if you have, let me give you a little piece of advice. If you have high school kids, uh, I would say even college kids, maybe high school, I would say middle school to early college kids, don't start it. <laughs> don't do what I did. Just just avoid it. Just don't start it. Um, if you are young and single and living the dream, or if your kids have... Um, moved on to productivity and maybe have families of their own and that type of thing, then you might want to watch it. If you are in the, the age group where you have kids um, who you're trying to still parent through high school and college, I would recommend not watching it. Um, I can't stop watching it. That's part of the problem. However, it is an incredibly, unfortunately, I think, realistic look, deep dive into the, the dark side of, of suburbia and high school kids and what really goes on. And um, the story centers around um, a girl named Rue, who is played by Zendaya, Zendaya, who, if you remember, was on like a Disney show and was just, you know, so adorable and um, is not so adorable in this um, in this series. And she basically um, has come out of rehab and she base she says she's not going to stay clean. She's ma- she, you know, she's made a statement. It's not going to work. She hasn't stayed clean. She's not going to stay clean. Um, she OD'd, and that's what led her to go into um, rehab. Her father died like when she was young, I think, in her teens. And she she does this thing where she talks about her life. And she was born a few days after nine eleven, and um, she has OCD, generalized dis- anxiety disorder, bipolar, um, and. Basically, it's kind of the world they grew up in, um, all these teenagers. And they all have kind of different things going on. But it's just this really raw look at what you hope is not really going on in the world. But I unfortunately think a lot of it is. And what really strikes you is the drug use is one thing and the sexuality and all that stuff. But it's more what we as parents in society are creating for our kids. Um, not that we're to blame for everything that kids do or whatever, but just how some people, some groups of people, some parents or whatever, or whatever, have kind of just, we're this generation where we're also, we want to live our lives. And so we kind of have just, once they get to a certain point, and that's what a lot of these kids say in high school, is that if you can just make it to high school, the parents don't care anymore. You know, they've moved on. They're, they're, they're living their second childhood. They're out doing the things they want to do. They're, you know, struggling with their own demons. Those are, you know, about that age is when your own demons midlife start to, you know, 
come up. So it's just like, and I know you're sitting here thinking like, why are you watching this? But it's so good. You can't stop watching it. But at the same time, you're just praying to God that it's not like real life in a way. Where did the name come from? Um, It was based on, it's a takeoff on an Israeli series called Euphoria. It had the same name. It's kind of a redo of that. And um, there's a famous... um, director called Barry Levinson and it's his son that actually produces the series and he himself grew up in Hollywood and had a raging pill addiction and everything so it's kind of loosely based on his life but um it's good it's great acting it's it's really good and you just find yourself rooting for these kids even though they're just like horrible I mean horrible some of them but at the same time you just want like everybody just needs a bath and a hug you know there's your episode title right there yeah I mean I don't know so again, I don't know why I started. I mean, I had heard so much about it. I started watching it and then yeah. I couldn't stop watching it. And now, bath and a hug? Yeah. A bath and a hug. hug. Euphoria. Do you agree with the fact that like, are you one of those people who stands on the side that life is really hard for, in certain ways, life is, I know some people think life is so much easier for kids now because of the opportunities that they have. And, you know, most people, you know, most parents to a certain extent, spoil their kids. And, and most parents live for their kids. You know, everything's about their kids. Or do you fall into the category that, or I guess it, it could be both, that life is incredibly dif- difficult for teenagers growing up nowadays? B. Yeah. With what, social what was B? B was, it's incredibly difficult. <laughs> yes, B. Because? Um, I think that they're, they have many more choices to make that, that could be very bad, bad choices to make than we did growing up. I think that they're um, bad things are, are at arm's length all the time for this generation. And they weren't when we were kids, you know, I think that there's not as much supervision. I think that there's not as much accountability. I think that there are things that even our kids would do today tonight that had I done when I was a kid, my mother would have beat my ass, you know? And I think that the bad decisions that these kids make today have much more repercussion than the bad decisions that we maybe made when we were growing up. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're not all over social media and you know, TikTok is a running, um, you know, somebody said the other day that like, what was the, uh, what was the Encyclopedia Britannica for you growing up to learn how to do bad crap? You know what I mean? Like, where did you learn how to do your bad stuff? Um, good question. From your sister, from your friends? A lot of from, it, my sister, for sure, yeah. But from, we, we, we didn't have YouTube. and, and TikTok. We, we literally had a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas. Well, and they weren't telling you how to, like, roll a blunt. No, and, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Sneak out of your parents' house. I also house think that TV, the access that these kids have to TV these days, TV can do so much more now than they could back in the day. You know, it, when we were growing up, if, if, if two people kissed on TV, it, it, was, was, a big a, it deal. was a big deal. Now they're yeah, well, and this, this each other off and things. Well, this show is a perfect example. Like, I I, I mean, I'm sure there's... Is, a, is it graphic? Oh, yeah. And I'm sure there's a, a bunch of kids who, you know, teenagers who watch it and almost like, you know, it it's certainly not glamorized because the bad side is shown. But I think if you're a good kid and you want to turn bad for a couple of days. I mean, there's just a lot of tutorials on TikTok and, and here on how to do those things. Um, I don't know. It's very interesting. Hopefully, hopefully that that's not the way it actually is, but did you know the cat was in here? Yes. That's fudgy. Hey, fudge. 
I want to get some chocolate milk before we start recording. The the grocery store where we go is a mile, would you say, from the house? Mm-hmm. So about halfway there, I notice a Milton police car. We live in Milton, Georgia, about 35 miles north of downtown Atlanta. There's a Milton police car sitting on the side of the road. So I wasn't speeding, but I saw him. I get there, realize I forgot my wallet. Oh, boy. So I got to turn around, come back. So I pass the same cop a second time. Come to the house, run in, get my wallet, turn back around, drive by him a third time within four minutes. Run into Publix, get my chocolate milk, some other things that we needed. Back in the car, drive home, pass him halfway home again a fourth time. What does he think in Europe? I wondered that same thing, Don. Like, would you pull me over and be like, dude, you, you've driven. Like, it's almost like I, maybe he thinks I was taunting him. You know, like, na 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 na. Yeah. Like, you can't get me. Yeah. Almost like, what do you think I'm doing? Right, you know? right. Pull me over, buddy. I mean, I'm glad he didn't. But. I wonder if he knew that it was me four times. Yeah. I mean, can you get pulled over for driving past someone four times? No, I don't think so. But Like, is that suspicious activity? Probably not. I would pull you over just to be like, what, what is your deal? Where are you going? Yeah. What's your story? Exactly. Yeah. That's why I couldn't be a policeman because you know how I'm obsessed with everyone's story. So I would just like pull random people over and just be like, what's your story? Where do you work? What do you do? What's going on? Jenna Kramer was on a show called One Tree Hill. Jenna Kramer had a couple of country songs. Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars. Um, she was married to... Mike Kaysen. Who was an NFL football player. You talk a lot about Janet Kramer. Well, not a lot a lot on the podcast, but, but Janet Kramer has been a topic for a half dozen times, maybe. She's a very strong female. And she and Mike split... How many kids do they have? Two. She and Mike split because he had a, uh, a self-proclaimed... Sex addiction. Did he go to rehab? Oh, yeah. Okay. They eventually split up. Raising the kids as separate parents. Janet Kramer's in the headlines again right now because of a song that she's recorded that was written by Lee Bryce's wife. uh, Sarah. Sarah. And didn't Janet have a hand in writing this too, I believe? I think it was mainly Sarah. Here's a piece of it. Once upon So it's a story that she have the song is she wrote to her kids, her daughter and her son to kind of explain, you know, why her and her and her, their father um, couldn't stay together, and um, I, 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 it's funny. I started talking about Jana Kramer because I really liked their podcast um, that was called Wind Down when they were on it together, actually. Um, and I thought they had great kind of banter and conversation about real life. I didn't think that they sugarcoated things. Um, when he was going through his sex addiction, they talked a lot about it. They had great therapists on. Um, and then when I, I, you know, when she found out he was cheating again, um, you know, everything kind of fell apart. And so I, I don't know about the song, so to speak. I just think that 
she has now met someone new and um, he's very good looking. Not that that matters, but um, they, the one thing that she said is that I think is kind of funny is he met her. Um, he's not in like entertainment or, you know, anything. And he met her at a birthday party. Their kids have mutual friends in common. And so he went to like this jumpy place and he saw her kids with her ex-husband, Mike. And so then later he saw at another event, he saw her with her kids. And he's like, wait, now I know those kids. Now, are they still married or whatever? Because he thought she was attractive and found out through some of their friends that they were in fact divorced. So um, there's that situation going on. But um, I don't know how I feel about like, I've, I've thought a lot about this. Like it's like turning your trauma or your pain into a different story. I don't think that maybe, maybe she was in it for the success of the song. I don't know about that, how successful the song will be, but kind of turning that in. Is it a good thing? Like with your kids, like where does, um, where does this X stand on this? And like, is, you know, like, I don't know. Like, what, are what you, do you mean in real life? Yeah. Just, oh, he doesn't like it. Yeah. I mean, like, is it possible to be public people and, and be keep pu- your shit private? Yeah. Yeah, I think it should be. Well, yeah, I do too. If, if, if two people decide to do that, but they have to make the agreement to do that, both of them. And how do we know they didn't? I don't know. But I mean, like, and she, she sees dollar signs. Well, she can write songs about whatever she wants to write about. And of obviously, she she's going to write about her trauma and her pain. Um, I don't, you said earlier, you know, she has a habit of kind of like shaming her ex. I don't think that it's shaming because. He, it's, she's not saying in the song, you were a cheater or whatever. It's more, the song is more of a sweet song to her kids. Let me tell you why your daddy's not here. And so you don't think that, that when, what was she saying there when we're sitting in the bed and I'm reading you a story, you don't think the kids go, well, what happened, mommy? And you think the mommy's going to, going to, going to water it down, dilute it a little bit? Probably. I, I bet no, she says I maybe made some so bad choices, but also, you know, he had a choice. He didn't have to. That's bad. Well, he is bad. He cheated on her over and over and over again. So yeah, he is. I don't know that that makes him a bad person. No. He has a sexual addiction, Donna. He has an addiction problem. Okay, let's 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 take out sexual out of sexual addiction and let's plug in um, alcohol or not uh, porn. Uh, I'll be good. Um, I, I get that you have a sexual addiction, but you also have a choice every time. Well, I don't know to make. I, yeah, I don't know. That one gets confusing, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think he made such a big deal in their podcast about working on it and they were go, getting ready to go on a tour and going to go in on the TED talk. And what she has said that I think has struck with a lot of people. And I don't necessarily, I think you think it's women. I don't think that's necessarily it. I think it could be men also is she said in an interview that it wasn't the fidel infidelity that, that bothered her the most. It was the lying. the lying. It wasn't the infidelity. It was the lying. And the fact that, she said he would, and this is kind of funny, he would sprinkle truth out like breadcrumbs. Like when he got caught, he would be like, well, yes, that's right. Yes, I did that. And then he's like, that's it. I promise. That's all I did. And then later he'd get caught in another line. He'd be like, well, actually, yes, there was this other thing. So she said it was just like this, this constant thing of like kind of sprinkling breadcrumbs out. Like, What's okay. that from? It's from um, the breadcrumb, breadcrumb thing. Uh, Hansel and Gretel probably. Yeah, yeah thank you. Okay. So I think, you know, I think that's what people have struck with. And the thing that she said was, you know, if you could do something different, what would you do? And she said, I would have left left earlier because she really did try to keep it together. And this is really not about Janet Kramer. I think it's about there's a lot of people who go through this kind of stuff. And how are you going to deal with it? You know, how do you choose to deal with it? And I think everyone says you can have an agreement with your 
ex or the person that you're going through with it, that you're going to keep everything private or you're going to be above board or you're going to... Or that you're not. Or speak nicely of the person, but it doesn't mean you're going to do it because people change their minds and they get angry and they, you know, have a night out where they drink too much or they do something and then they, you know, they become like a, what do they call those people, keyboard cowboys, you know, and go to town on like social media or whatever. So I think that everybody goes into this kind of stuff with the best intentions, but... How about this line though from the song? I love my family of three. Right now we're the best we've ever been. Is that is that fair, you think? Well, I mean, if they're happy now, if they weren't, if they were, if it was, how old are the kids? Do we know? Um, they're like eight and eight and six yeah. or so. Yeah. All right. But I mean, if it was toxic before, then you could believe that that line might be true, right? Yeah, could possibly, yes. I don't know, though, that Mama needs to, to, to sing that line in a song. Yeah, I don't the, know. The, the, the kids are going to hear. I wonder if some of this, and it's not just Jan. I got, listen, I have no, no Jana. I, I have no beef with Jan at all. I have no Mike. I, I've never met Mike, but I, I've met Jan on several occasions. I think that it's very easy when you're an artist or when you're a songwriter to write a song that you say you do not intend to use as a weapon but then it turns out to be just that. I don't think you necessarily have to be a songwriter. I think no, any, no, I agree. any person in the public eye I has the opportunity more. to either take the high road or the low road all the time. I mean, there are people who have podcasts who, you know, and, and she did some of that afterwards. Like she got control of the podcast. He didn't have it. So she basically. She got custody of the podcast? So yeah. So she's ba- she still doing it? Yeah. So okay. she basically gets to tell her story all the time. You know, and so I think that that happens a lot that the person who, you know, maybe is in the public eye gets to control that more. And that's really not fair. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a tricky situation. And that's kind of the point of the conversation is if you are an artist, do you have the right to use your. I mean, you do have the right to use your pain and your trauma because that's what songwriters write about. Some of the best songs ever written have been just that. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's people who've written plenty of songs that we all sing along to. And have no idea. That we don't know what they're about. I, I just think hers is more public. Right. Well, when you go on a press tour, though, to push your new song, and that's the question that comes up all the time. As You know, what, what was it? Uh, Carly Simon, you're so vain, you know, for decades. Nobody ever knew yeah, what that, knew who, what who that song was about. Well, even Taylor Swift's very coy on who her songs are right, about. Yeah. Right. So you can take that road or you can take the Janet Kramer Avenue. And that is, let's let's write this song and let's pretend like it's not throwing darts at my ex-husband and then go on a press tour. And of course, that's the only thing that people ask about yeah. is, is the the fact that it's a very personal song. And then that allows her the uh, opportunity to Give wrap, them, wrap them back up again. You know? I wonder too, like imagine her kids. I wonder because they're so young and innocent. I wonder if they like get in his car and they're like, have you heard mommy's yeah, new song? Seriously. It's number yeah. one. You know, it's doing so Turn well. Turn on the radio, daddy. Turn on the radio. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? Like it's doing so well. Like, what would you say? Like, yeah, it's about me. I don't know. All right, let's get an update, Donna, on your axe throwing party. Yes. Okay, so we are going, I don't know when yet, so I've got to get the actual date, but we're going to bury the hatchet. Don't you think that's a cute name? Yeah, Sandy Springs, right? Yeah, Sandy Springs. And I like it. So that's what you're going to do when you come. If you join me, we're going to all bury the hatchet. Throw your axe, and you can name your ex, or you could name whoever you want, or you, you know, whatever. This is your opportunity to like get your anger out if it's your boss, if it's... I don't even know what if it's one of your kids is driving you crazy. I mean, you wouldn't throw an axe at them, but you can obviously throw an axe at a target and just get all your anger and your angst out. Okay. So when I get the actual date, 
I will um, put that out there, and you are welcome to come. Now, remember, we're not paying for everybody to throw their axe. No, we can't. We can't yeah. afford that. No. But you are welcome to come throw your axe and have a drink or two. Do you, they let you drink while you throw the axe? Like, yeah, how does this they work? Do. Yeah. Okay. I've never been, but I've seen pictures. Do you, so do you sign a waiver or anything? Oh, I'm sure you have to, yeah. Yeah. Probably multiple. Multiple heads like this in triplicate, at least. What do you think? I mean, there has to have been, like, we need to find someone that works in one of these places. There has to have been bloody accidents and things. Something. Yeah. 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 I mean, definitely something. Where someone's tripped over one or like sliced their toes off. I don't know. This is a part of your do one new thing every month initiative. That's right. And this is for March. February. Okay. Well, it's March 1st. Well, hang on. Today. Let me think about this. So January, I did, I went to a different state. February, I'm axe throwing. As we all know, March was supposed to be the month of pickleball. Right. I talked to Ben Burnett today. Yes. Didn't go well with him. And so, as you know, I started my pickleball journey off with my friend, Debbie. That's a no-go. Then went to her. Well, first I started with you. No-go. Yeah. Because people have asked, did you ask Caddy? What do you think? Yes. No, no, nobody asked that because people know that that's no, not something No, they, they did. Yeah, no, they Don't did. you want to play pickleball with your husband? Yeah, but he doesn't want to play. So, okay. I went to Debbie, and then I went to Sean. Her husband. Her husband. He's had a lot of surgeries. And he can't do it. And then I went to Ben Burnett, right. who. Ben, ben, Ben's wife said, go for it. No, his wife was fine. Yeah, Lindsay said, go for it. But was he worried about that part of it? I don't know about that. Oh. I don't know about that. But, I mean, he ha- he wanted her, her, to, her to say grace. Isn't that nice? And she did. Imagine that kind. That, that's like an old-fashioned relationship. He ha- she he asked her if he could. Uh, I love that. That's perfect. That's well, perfect. Well, I don't know about that. But he's busy is what he is, so he can't play pickleball. He told me he's too busy and he's traveling and he just can't play pickleball. And he just doesn't think it's a good idea. Which I don't even know what that means. So then I went to Olivia, our 18-year-old, and she said she has zero interest in pickleball, which I think is kind of sad. How long is the season? I don't know. Longer than it's going to take me to find someone, hopefully, or not shorter. And then I asked Charlotte, and she said she's too busy. That's her other child. Will's out of town. Can't ask him. Um, so then I came upon Tug Cowart, who, who's our friend, who you told me is way too busy. So I've settled on Laura Cowart, his wife. Has, has Laura ever played pickleball? No, but she is like me, and she is up for the challenge. And she you is, and Laura Cowart are teammates? Yep. Get out. When did this happen? Uh, earlier. So she says, I said, I need a pickleball partner. You in? She doesn't miss a beat. This is what I love about these types of friends. They don't ask a million questions like, how many how many times are we going to take a lesson? When are the lessons? Is the instructor good looking? You know, do I have to have a certain kind of racket? What do I wear? This is what she says. Sounds fun. Not sure I'll be any good. I don't know how to play. Is it easy to pick up? And I said, yeah, we're going to take a free lesson. They're opening a huge pickleball facility in Roswell. That's a place near us. I think we'll drink more than we pickle. Neither of us have a ton of time. We only need to commit to one time a week. We'll you'll, just, drink, you'll drink so much, you'll be pickled. We'll, we'll just wing it until we get good and hit worldwide pickle domination. I love it. Laura and she said, I'm in. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Laura is uh, head of HR at Dickie Broadcasting. Yeah, she's in. That's great. Yeah. Good for y'all. We're busy women. Hopefully we can find time to get this off is, the ground. Are you going to go with the uh, the dill pickles or the pickle dills? or The the, the big dills. The big dills. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be your name? I don't know. We I may come it. up with something a little better. Okay. I mean, how's it get better than that? Um, I want to circle back real quick to axe throwing. Mm-hmm. Got a message from a pod peep suggesting... Um, says there's an axe throwing place in Dallas, Georgia. My wife and I went and loved it. Downtown Axe. Oh, I love that. In Dallas, Paulden County on the west side. Well, they need to come to my pickleball night because they sound experienced. I mean, not pickleball. Oh, my God. My axe throwing night. night, Now, if you want to pickleball with me, come on out, too. We could create a pickleball team. 
I don't know if that exists. Did you watch the NHL Stadium Series in Nashville over the weekend? Hockey. National Predators, Tampa Bay Lightning. The NHL Stadium Series, uh, it was at Nissan Stadium, home of the Tennessee Titans. They had all kinds of concerts, being from Nashville. Donna. Miranda Lambert was there. A lot of talk about this on social media with different people, artists. Bentley was there. Uh, Dustin Lynch was there, too. Dustin Lynch performed his new song, which is called Party Mode. And I'm going to add it. That's, that was actually going to be my pick for the Hype Song playlist. Oh, boy. I, what? I like the song. Okay. Apparently, though, it was not well-received. simple it's a pretty simple song yeah, very simple yes i love dustin lynch but this is not a good one courtney love kurt cobain's wife was watching and took to twitter to write <laughs> who the hell is this country tool bag who is singing a god-awful song called party mode at the age of 36 nah bro you're in 40 mode sit down i love it i love it <laughs> <laughs> i love it I love it. It's kind of true here. Party mode, party mode, party mode. That's how it goes, how it goes, how it goes. Neon lights, honky tonks, till they close. Party mode, party mode, party mode. I mean, really? And it's a follow-up to a great song. He just had like the biggest hit of 2001, or 2021, rather, with Thinking About You. Which I love that song. Love that song. I don't think this is a good follow-up. Here we go. Songwriters, Jerry Flowers, Mm. Ryan Beaver. Jared Keem, Roman Rojas, Matthew McGinn. I got to tell you, I've never heard of any of those guys. Okay. Not, not that they're not prolific. Song. What? No, but here's the thing. You're going to tell me it took five gentlemen sitting in a room to write that. Well, here's what I was going to tell you. On his press tour for the new album, and this was, you know, the the album just dropped a couple of weeks ago. We talked about this on a podcast. Remember I got a text from Scotty O'Brien? Yes. That works with Dustin. When I asked him, what's the, what's the, the lead single going to be? What's the new single on Friday? And Scotty said, party mode, and here we are. Um, Maybe and, that's why Scotty was a man of few words. That, when, that, when, true. When, when doing press for this song, he talked about how many rewrites there were. What? Yeah. Took a few weeks worth of tweaks to get it just right, was Dustin's line to a lot of country music blogs and newspapers and anybody that would talk to him, truth be told. But I'm being serious. Like a few if you, weeks of tweaks. If you have five people in a room... And you come out with party mode. Party mode, party, party mode. mode party like, mode. is one of them like... It's how it goes, how it goes, how it goes. Yeah, are they like, should we do it two... Like, is one of them like, I think we should only do it two times. Party mode, party mode, that's how it goes, how it goes. And the other one's like, no. Uh, we need three. Three. Like, how many of them, honestly, does it take to write that crazy song? That is nuts. That's my selection. Okay. For the, for the Spotify hype song playlist. What are you going with? Well, not that. Um, I'm going to add Keith Urban and Breland. The rapper Breland. The rapper Breland, yeah. Well, is he a rapper? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the story about him. You know, he he's from Atlanta. Yep. And he drove up to um, Nashville to, he loves Keith Urban. So he literally drove up to Keith's home with some demos. Can you do that? 
evidently. And um, he went up there and said he wanted Keith. I think they had been talking, but he wanted Keith to listen to some of the stuff that he'd been writing. And he was like, okay, you know, listen, this song can be a little suggestive. It's like the song I'm adding is throw it back. And um, he was like, Keith was like, no, it's really cool. And so Keith had struck up this friendship with Nile Rogers, um, who very famous had produced, you know, a lot of Madonna stuff and chic and all this kind of stuff. And um, so they got him on the phone and he kind of helped him collaborate with this song, but it's a really, really catchy song. So it's called throw it back. And this is, I love this line. You ready for this line? You're going to love this one. Uh, now this is going to put to shame Dustin's party mode, party mode, party mode. Okay. You ready? Better thank Jesus making them peaches. Georgia bulldog got me sec sick. She on that wave and I'm deep in trying to buy another round, throw it back. Toot toot for the dude, dude, babe. Bubble, bubble, you been eating your McDoubles. What? And it's trouble for me. If she get a shot of whiskey, she know how to throw it back. You know that song? I don't know. Oh, throw it back. But Keith Urban's on it. Throw it back. Yes. I'm wondering if like. How well is that one doing on the charts? Well, I don't know. I think it it did pretty well. I like Breland, but I'm just, again, I questioned like. Do you think like like if you're Keith Urban and I mean Keith is in his forties, you know what I mean, and he's sitting beside, behind his board kind of like you are right now, and I'm like Breland, and I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to go down. This is the and, he, and Keith's like over there kind of playing with his little knobs and buttons, you yeah, know? Yeah, we all do. I'm doing that right now. Yeah, right. and so and you're like, what what what's the um what are the lyrics? And I'm like, okay, here's what I got so far. Let me see the levy break in Chevy Super Heavy Duty toot toot for the dude dude babe yeah, um, bubble bubble you been eating uh, your McDoubles. Stop. Yeah, do you no. think that? Do you think like Keith would have that look like a dog has when he hears I, a whistle? He should. If he didn't, he should have. Yeah. Like what? But I, but then can you kick someone out of your studio? Of course, you, Keith Urban can. Sure. I don't. And think, I think he would. Well, no, he's so think, kind. No, he's not that kind. He is. No one is that kind. Well, they did. They recorded it together. Well, I don't think he was listening. I'm I'm a little surprised to be honest with you that Keith didn't say, you know what? Let's uh, let's table that one. Let's start from scratch. Something I've been thinking about this, and Keith throws out like a just a beautifully crafted. Lyric. Lyric, you know, a verse or something. Mm-hmm. And Breland probably like, nah, dog, nah, dog. We got to go with the, the sick chicken and what was it? The, the McDoubles. The McDouble and the, the twerk and the fart and what? I, I don't know. I just. Uh, it's crazy, uh, isn't it? Uh, uh. What is going on with this country music? Let's write a song. Cadillac Jack. You and I, all right? We, right now we could. Well, not right this second. Okay. But this month, I'm going to add, um, I'm going to make a note. Oh, should that, that could be my next thing. Write a country song. In April? Yes. Okay. That's our thing for April. We're we going to write us a country that? song. Yes. Okay. We'll talk about how we're going to do it. You know, like, uh, is it going to be like during an episode? We're going to bring a, you bring a verse. I bring a verse. We'll talk about the Yeah, the I think details. we, yeah, we each bring a verse okay. in that we've been crafting. I, okay. How about this? How we come this? up with it. Let's come up with a theme. How about we let pot peeps do that? Oh yeah, that's they, they a good come idea. Up with a theme for the song. Okay. And then we write it. Maybe yes. even a title. And then we kind of work backwards on it. Yeah, like and then that. we each bring a verse in, and we just have to mash it together to make it work. Yeah, okay, I like it. Write that down for uh, your your April. Your your try one new thing a month initiative. April is write a country song, country and western that. song, country and western, country song. western song. All right, we're gonna add those two songs to the Spotify hype song playlist, a component of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast. You can listen to them uh, season one, season two, and now Trace, Trace season three because we are in season three of the podcast. Every episode of this podcast. We add two songs. That, well, uh, not everyone. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget. We just don't have time. For the most part, though. We had two songs that uh, we're listening to. We've rediscovered. We think that you would enjoy for whatever reason. And you can find them on Spotify. 
You can also listen when you fly Atlanta's hometown airline, Delta. Delta Airlines, when you get in the air and you're comfortably seated and safely seated, explore over 200 episodes of the My Second Act podcast and the Hype Song playlist on Spotify using the infotainment system on Atlanta-based Delta. I have a question for you. It's not on the run of show, but I've been thinking yeah, about this a lot. Wonderful. What? Where are you on? Where are you on this Bob Saget stuff? Do you like? Do you think that, like you know, now they've come out with more information and, like, what do you? What do you? Do you think what happened happened, or do you think there was like foul play? Well, it depends. On, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's foul play. Okay. Are you saying what happened happened, meaning the new information that he fell yes. on the marble floor in the bathroom? And well, then- that's what they think. But I find like aside from what happened to him, like how do they? recreate what happened to someone. The last video that, that they have is him walking through the hotel room, taking selfies with fans. And then they see him. He went up to get like ice or something. And they have a video of him walking from the elevator to his room. And that's the last time anyone saw him. And then how do they put together blood? What happened? Blood, I think. But yeah. Uh, bruising indentions on his head. Very, yeah, but- very CSIE. Yeah, I mean, it just like if I don't know, like it, then if you're the family, do you always have a question mark behind? I think yes, sure, yeah. of course you will, and, and would because there's just no definitive answer. You, you'll never know. No one was there to witness it. But that's a difficult thing. Like it's one thing to think, okay, did the person have a heart attack? Did they have a seizure? Did they have a stroke? Well, because that stuff can be proven by science, right? Did they fall? But to put a little asterisk beside it to say, did something nefarious happen to him? Like, was that, that word meaning again? Well, did someone come in? Was there some sort of scuffle? Was there something we don't who, know who about? I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, it was very traumatic injuries. And that happens just from falling on a floor? If that happened, like, to me... I mean, or, they, they ruled out everything else. Okay, but if that happened to me or someone, would you, like, stop with what they told you or would you keep investigating? Uh, how do I answer this? I, I would keep uh, investigating. Oh, my God. Would you answer the, the way you feel. Of course, I'd keep investigating. I'd hire P.I. Peggy. I'd find her up in the hills of... Eastern Tennessee. All right. With her hat cam. Well, I think that they ruled everything out, right? The, the toxicology reports came back clean. Yeah, but what does that he have to no do? Prior, what does uh, that have to do with someone like coming in and something happening to him? Okay. If someone entered the room, first of all, there would have been a key swipe recorded. Oh. There would also be a camera in the hall. I mean, this is the Ritz Carlton, I think. Come on. There would have been a camera in the hall, the same camera that saw him leave his room to go get ice, that same camera that saw him enter his room after his second comedy show would have recorded somebody. Key in his door and walking in, and they have to leave at some point, right? Yeah. So see if that's me. So there you go. See, I should. Yes. Yes. So if that person I just investigated it. Okay. So if that person passed away, I would constantly be like, "Okay, listen, send me a sign if something really bad happened to you." Like I'd always be wanting a sign from this person. From, from who? Huh? From who? who? What person? From Bob Saget. Like if if I'm Bob Saget's wife, I'd be like, "Send me a sign if you want me to keep investigating, or if something horrible happened to you. Otherwise, just stay quiet." In the afterlife, do you look for signs? Like when your mother, in all seriousness, when your mother passed away, are you one of those people who, you know, some people believe I, that they're going to get certain signs? I didn't or, look for them. I didn't look for them. I got them though. Well, okay. I wasn't seeking them. You've never told me this, so. Well, I mean. Do tell. I'm not. I'm not. But um, I, I didn't seek them out. And I, I think it's when you get in trouble. It's when you try to force it. You know, it's kind of like the, uh, the, the sixth sense that I have. The ability to forecast a law enforcement officer on the side of the road. But not enough to like slow down or something. Yeah. Depends on the circumstance. 
Well, like, give me one. It's not every cop. Give me one like sign. Like a policeman on my way to Publix tonight. I, I did not sense him. Okay, well, give me like one sign that happened. Like what? You, like with your mom or I, something. Well, I'm not going to do that. Oh. Well, like with my dad, I always wanted a sign, but I've told you before, like I see, you know, they say cardinals represent um, people coming back in the afterlife. And I always wanted my dad to meet our kids. And I was always like, I wonder if he, you know, if he knows about them or whatever. And then I always see cardinals sitting on the trampoline out back. In the backyard, yeah. So I'm wondering if that's like some sort of reference to the kids or whatever. So, yeah, I believe in these signs big time. The same day that we released the last episode of this podcast that included Brian Mansfield, music historian Brian Mansfield as a guest, to talk about a lot of things. But uh, we also had a conversation about artists, this new trend of artists selling their music catalogs. The same day that that episode hit, last Thursday, there's a country artist who came out and said, you know what? Hey, I just sold 90% of my music catalog for 100 million dollars the conversation and the details is coming up take your tax refund check to gallery furniture 1600 browns bridge road gainesville donna will take it and in return you can get a shit ton of furniture for your home does she want that in the copy prices donna right but does she want that in the copy it's not written in the copy but it says use creative license yes cadillac jack yes donna it is the Wolfman's daughter, Donna, who was on the television every six and a half minutes back in the day during Braves games on Superstation TBS. Yes, Donna and Gallery Furniture are still around today. The Wolfman, her dad, opened this business 40 years ago. You grew up with them all. Yeah, I know. And they, they've been in this business since she was a small child. And how that benefits you is because it stayed a family business. You know how there's some businesses and like they sell the business to someone else, but because they know people are going to be not sure about how that business is going to be run. They keep the same name up, but the service is just not what it was. Happens a lot in restaurants too. All the time. Well, that's not what happened here. Donna literally grew up at her father's feet, watching him sell furniture, watching how he deals with customers. And she learned the business. This is not just a business. I've said this before. That was just given to her. I mean, she works so hard every day that you go in, except maybe one or two days when she's with her mama. She is in that building and she is meeting and greeting customers. She knows all of her customers by name. Some of the same customers, now their kids are shopping Three with Three or her. four generations of people. Yeah. And they can't, that can't be a bad thing. I mean, this, you know, if, if you need furniture and at any point, everyone is going to need something, whether you need a new rug or you need a desk or a mattress before you think, okay, well, I'm going to get it on Wayfair and have it shipped to my house, you know, in a big old box that's going to sit on the front porch. And then I got to have someone help me bring it in. And then I got to open it and all this stuff. Go up and do yourself a favor and see Donna, give them the opportunity to earn your business. And she will, I promise you, she will. You'll become a repeat customer, just like uh, so many people have generations and generations of families. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville, about uh, 1030 uh, last week, late last week. I look down, and, and I'm getting a FaceTime incoming uh, incoming video on FaceTime. And I'm like, what the hell? It's 1030 at night. Who is this? It's Donna. She's at Harrah's in Cherokee. Okay. Does she want you to tell that story? Well, she, I don't think she minds. She goes all the time. She's not ashamed of that. She loves to gamble. Okay. And we, had, we were sitting there having a conversation while she's playing triple sevens or something. We are going to do another huge event. Remember, last 4th of July, we did the Red, White, and Blue All-American Parking lot party, party without Lee Bryce. Right. Maybe this year we could get Sarah Bryce, his wife. And Jenna Kramer. Yes. Oh, please. Yes. But we're just talking it up. Donna's just, she's up there having a great time. I said, how you doing? She's not well tonight. 
But I bet you went back the next day, made it all back, you know? Gallery furniture, you find it at the store, at the showroom. Chances are that you will. Doesn't matter what you're looking for. Recliners, bedroom suits, kitchenettes, sectionals. You take it home today. When you find it today. Gallery furniture. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you, everybody up there in Gainesville. For your support of the My Second Act podcast. Support also from T-Mobile, Brightmore Healthcare, guests of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast. State properties owned and uh, owned and managed by Paramount Hospitality Management, including the brands Marriott, Hilton, and Weston, and college campuses nationwide, UT Knoxville, LSU Baton Rouge, Georgia Tech in Atlanta, plus LaGrange and Noonan, Georgia. And brought to you by Ford. Built Ford Tough. Come and get your Ford. Hey, Bear Country, this is Chris Chitwood at Fayetteville Ford. Fayetteville Ford. I'm so happy to announce that Cadillac Jack has joined the team here at Fayetteville Ford. I've been around the auto industry for 23 years, and I've learned a thing or three. Like the Ford F-Series is the best-selling truck on the road. Like Fayetteville Ford offers you the lifetime powertrain warranty. And I've learned that there is a difference in a Ford and a Fayetteville Ford. I'm Cadillac Jack, and I'm fired up to join Team Fayetteville Ford. Come and get your Ford. Fayetteville Ford, simply different. Fayetteville Ford. We're located at 275 North Glen Street, Fayetteville, Georgia, just north of the square. FayettevilleFordGA.com. Check your spam for the latest issue of the letter. Anyway, we're on this new platform, which I love. I know that Linda Leon does not like it. Me either. Linda, I can't. I haven't found my letter. I think it's in my spam. Check your spam. Oh, check your settings. Check your spam. I'm looking at some things, reading some articles about this new platform, review, get review from Twitter. And it said that you can personalize the subject line. So like when it hits your inbox, it says, dear Joan, welcome to this. This past Saturday was the 100th issue. Big day, big celebration. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to do, I can do this. I can do this. So it said, you know, you had, this is what you got to type in underscore backspace, backspace, three periods, stand on your head and. Insert a asterisk, spit, and then and then write their and then write first name, and then do the same thing on the back end. Well, nine ten Saturday comes around, nothing, and it says, "Hey," and that, that, well, that crazy character you were uh-huh. talking about, two of those first underscore name or first underscore name, yes, name, and then two of those other characters on the end you talked about. We're celebrating issue one hundred with a twenty four hour one hundred dollar giveaway. Someone reaches out because you can reply to the letter comes right to Manbox. Someone wrote to also for your tech support, the subject line of my letter email looks like there's some coding issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, where'd you get this hundred dollars you're giving away? Not putting in the actual name. Uh, yes. Thank you. Um, Kufan. Oh, that's Keith Urban fan. I'm sure. K-U-F-A-N, not Kufan. Where'd you get your hundred dollars you're giving away? I got money squirreled away. I'm sure. Shelby wrote, I love the podcast, love both you and Donna, and how you tease her about taking it off the rails and towards an X-rated podcast. And she says, stop it now. One more thing, Shelby writes. Did having smoked one from your stash have anything to do with forgetting to hit record before interviewing Toby Keith? Inquiring minds want to know. Ah, yes. I shall not answer that question. Thank you, though, Shelby. We love you in uh, Bogart, Georgia. Assume yes. Um, the letter text left on red, R-E-D is the color, no spaces, left on red to the number 22828. It's absolutely free. Uh, last episode, we had Brian Mansfield, USA Today. Uh, he was with USA Today for 18 years. If you're just getting 
to this podcast, and this is your first episode, probably not our best show. Um, go back one more behind this one and listen to the Brian Mansfield segment where he talks about why artists are, are jumping on to this trend. There are a combination of things going on. Um, I think across the board, um, I believe there are some tax implications to doing this right now that there is either a, a new tax law about to take effect or there is something that is expected to be passed that would increase the rate of taxation on transactions like this. And so by selling now, you are paying a much lower rate of tax than you would if you sold it maybe two or three years from now. So I don't know that this will be ongoing at the level that it is, but I think that's part of it. The second part, and you're seeing this more with the older rock guys than you are the, the, the country acts that have sold, but you're seeing a lot of these older rock guys that are in their 70s, maybe even in their 80s that are, that are selling. And it's, uh, it's Brian Mansell goes on to explain because Bruce Springsteen's kids don't really want to manage his, his music catalog and they can sell it for $500 million and take the money and buy an island somewhere. Why wouldn't you do that? You know? I mean, I think the thing that I find interesting is I think you always think of, like we talked about with Brian, that you think of artists who are going to sell these catalogs as people who are near retirement or are off the road or, but as he explained in that previous episode, and he was fabulous. Do go back. It was, and listen, seriously. I, I, one of my favorite episodes that it's not necessarily you, you know, completely getting out of your catalog. It's just, it gives people the ability to use your music for other things that they can sell it for. Sell make it money for, off and it. Because it if for. you invest a hundred million dollars in Jason Aldean's music catalog, you're going to want to recoup some of that money. So it is still his music, but he just doesn't have the control over where it's used. Right. He can't say yes or no. Right. And he's not getting paid on it because he got paid on it from, you know, Jason and, you know, in his case, it was spirit music group in Nashville. Yeah. But begs the question, does he still get paid for it when it plays like on the radio? No, I don't think so. No. The songwriters get that money. Okay. Now, if he was a songwriter, I, I don't know, but I, I would imagine if he had songwriting credit, you would, because you can't sell a song that you don't have. If you didn't write it, you can't sell it, right? Yeah, but now see, we're confusing ourselves because, like, are you? Did you hear that question mark in my voice? Yeah. Are you able to sell the publishing rights if you didn't write it? I, I wouldn't think you, that you could. No, well, no. but he's How selling. Did you his, do that? But he just did. He just sold his catalog. No, if you listen to the episode with Brian Mansfield last episode of the podcast, he said there's a lot of different ways to cut it. Right. And so I, I I can't imagine that if you didn't write the song, you wouldn't have ownership of the song. And that would mean that you can't sell it. I would think. Call me crazy. I don't know. Jason's 90% includes the following. Nine albums, 24 number ones, starting from his self-titled debut in 2005 through 2019's Nine was the name of the album. The deal also includes neighboring rights and sound exchange royalties, while Jason retains an income interest. So again, there's just something special they worked out. Broken Bow Records, Music Group's catalog stake is unaffected. In other words, Broken Bow's going to get their money still. They're not, they're, they weren't in on this. This is a Jason Aldean deal. All right, we're going to have to uh, push the Appy segment to next episode. Oh, darn it. I was going to steal Donna's Appy segment. Do you remember the Appy segment? I do. And I'm, a, I'm available at any moment to pull it out. Because I'm happy. 
not happy, but Abby. Next episode, the Abby will be one that, uh, say you're on the road, Donna, and you got to go. Like, you got to blow the doors off. Oh, my gosh. You're going to peel the paint. Oh, my gosh. There's an app that will direct you to businesses. (laughs) Why do Businesses that encourage you to come by and just and blow shit the your door. brains out. Okay, all right. Okay. I swear to God. What business is what is in it for the business? They get paid money? No. No. They're just sympathetic. They're sympathetic to people that have irritable bowel syndrome. Who are these people? There's something more to it. They say they're sympathetic to irritable bowel, but they're actually like there's a portal under the floor where you go in and you think you're going to the bathroom and they are capturing all these people. Like in the that horror movie. That sounds extreme. No, it's not. Like a horror movie or something. or something. You know? Yes. That's the next episode. I know you can't wait for that. Audio for this episode of Cadillac Check, my second act from NBC, Saturday Night Live, Broken Bow Records, Electra Records. Our thanks to executive producers, Carl Appen and Hans Appen. Subscribe to The Letter, our e-newsletter, component to the podcast, a fun four-minute read delivered to your inbox for free every Saturday morning at 910. Text left on red. Red is the color. R-E-D, no spaces, to the number 22828. Left on red to the number 22828. Also, we would be so gratefully indebted and just happy and excited. We'd piss all over ourselves if you would take the time to write a review for the podcast. A review for the podcast. On Apple Podcasts, uh, five stars and just one sentence, nothing else. You, you got one sentence in you, right? Donna, what would be your sentence? You're, you're writing right now. You're typing these, oh, shit. Okay, we're back. These two are... I thought we just lost the entire thing. Okay. Actually, no, I'm going to change this. I, it's starting out these two, and now it's I swear to God, I yeah. thought that we just lost yeah. the entire episode. These right two... Oh, brr, backwards. He needs to be reined in. Yeah, that's what I'd write. But you still give it five stars, right? But five stars, yes. Okay. Yeah, five stars for her constantly trying. Right. Spotify is a simple... You don't have to write anything on Spotify. Okay? If you're lazy... Just go there and just click the fifth star. Bam, you're done. And we would love you for it. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act. We are proud to be part of Team Appen Podcast Network. Yeah.